the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year. Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 13th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning, Jordan. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Good. I like this this weather, the way it feels. This is nice, nice cool. weather. Say we're sitting at currently 64, well, 60 degrees outside right and now. I like it. With a high of 75 today, later on today. So, yeah, I can live live in this weather. Apparently, this is what it's like in uh, San Diego all the time, which uh, is always a beacon for me. Yeah. They, you know, they, I could they, use it a little bit less dry. Right. Well, they don't even have a tarp at the, the San Diego Padres, the MLB field. They don't even have a rain tarp because they don't get enough rain to wow. warrant it. But anyways, we do have our first guest here to talk about more important things other than baseball field tarps happy to have him in studio and cr- congratulating the new martinsburg chief of police aaron gibbons welcome in thank you very much oh. thank you round very, applause, round thank applause. you very much good morning <laughs> so how's it feel oh it feels really good you know i've this uh yeah i was deputy chief for three years and having this um having the honor i would say honor to serve the community as the chief of police is is very exciting so we did uh, a lot of news stories about this. Maybe you heard some of them talked about your bio. Of course, the city of Martinsburg released a lot of that information. But if someone hasn't really met you, uh, talk about your career in law enforcement up to this point. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for 17 years. I was in corrections prior to that. Um, I actually just had to apologize to somebody in the lobby because I said I was in the Navy for four and a half years. <laughs> it's a joke. It's, but you're it's a veteran. A right? I am a veteran. Yes. Thank you for yes. your service. I appreciate that very much. No, it was a very exciting career up to this point. And like I said, I'm very excited for this opportunity to serve the community in this, in this aspect. Well, um, did you ever envision yourself as chief of police when you got started in, you know, corrections and law enforcement? I've been asked that question a couple of times, especially in the past week or so. Right. Um, and I wouldn't have expected to be the chief of police. That's always an aspiration to kind mm-hmm. of um, lead up to the chief of police, especially when you have that, um, you're in that career field. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's that end goal. It really is. Um, and I'm excited for it. I wouldn't necessarily say I expected that. It right. was more of a want um, Right. So, so um, you know, our Clint Gage was at the mm-hmm. the county the city council meeting on Thursday evening, and we had had the uh, the mayor and Chief Swartwood on and City Manager Baldwin on Thursday ahead of that. Clint, I like him. He, <laughs> yeah. he's a good guy. That's good so, dude. So, um, uh, Mayor, or I'm sorry, the City Manager Mark Baldwin had said, and I remember this. He said, uh, "Today is George's day." This was Thursday. Mm-hmm. Tonight is George's night, and they were, you know, recognizing him and. Uh, gave him the proclamation and all of that because we as a news staff we were waiting for the next you know announcement and right. and it seemed on that day 
that it was going to take a while because right. they were still we, talking I was about like a week an exhaustive away. search. They they pulled in interviews and and applications from around the the country. And I was talking to Clint whenever the news broke, and he said, "Is this true?" Because I was just talking to Aaron at the meeting, and Aaron didn't know. <laughs> Or are you guys just pretty good at keeping the wool over all of us? That's true. We're pretty good at our secrets. No, no. (laughs) they uh, Not necessarily Thursday night. It might have been Thursday. Right. Um, But yes, to that point, um, and George. George is a great guy. You know, those are some shoes that that are going to be hard to fill as far as his love for the community, um, love for the department, you know, the city in, in general. Um, really good guy. And he's got that, as he would tell you, and he's probably told you a hundred times, he's got that voice for radio. Oh, he yeah. will, he will be him. applying here. We told him I to get guess. a we'll, we'll send him. We'll for send sure. him. Well, I hope so. I've already revoked all his access at the building. So, <laughs> so um, talk about that. You know, now it's, it's on you. This is the buck stops with you. Um, and I know that you've inherited some good pro- uh, programs uh, from your, your previous, your uh, predecessors. But um, do you have a particular vision that you're thinking about as you take on this role? Well, some of the biggest um, concerns that we have to evaluate are the uh, recruitment. Okay. So many, wherever you go in this nation, law enforcement's faced with that um, inevitable you know, just people are scared, they're intimidated to even be a police officer because of the, the propensity for violence or just how they're being viewed in the community itself. And I think that's very important for it to be addressed right off the bat because they kind of go hand in hand. So if you can change, if you attempt to change that perception that the community has, and I think I have a pretty good vision when it comes to that, but the vision starts with the department, right? Because when these guys are, when these guys are getting, um, pulled in from the outside, the department has to be happy. If the, if the department's not happy, then that recruitment standard even drops even lower. Um, so we have to bring that, make the people happy that are in the department um, and keep them satisfied so that when they are out recruiting, I'm sorry, no, go ahead. so that the, when they are out recruiting, people want to come in and join that that uh, department. So you're going to be recruiting, you're going to be recruiting some young officers. There was an issue earlier in the year that um, the, the city is still trying to, uh, they can't comment much on because it might go to litigation, but um, where, you know, a, a person's constitutional rights may have been. So you're talking about finger gate. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. first, that's finger the gate. first time I heard it was finger gate. Look, yeah, I, I, gate. I, I'm going to be honest. We are held to a higher standard. I agree. We still make mistakes. We do. You make mistakes. I make mistakes. The whole process of making a mistake is learning from that mistake. Even if it is, you know, something such as finger gate, we learn from that mistake. We train on that mistake and we correct that mistake and we learn from it. That, that's the biggest thing that we can take from it. Now, am I, am I going through an entire process to address that mistake? Absolutely. Or any other mistake that may happen that's going to happen, but we have to keep going. We, we can't just stop the entire department because of one little mistake, whether it's this one or any other, we have to keep going. We, it has to be addressed and we have to train and learn from it, but we have to keep going. We can't stop. Right. I mean, the, the city keeps moving, right? Everything keeps going along. So you can't just uh, sit and dwell on the one thing. And like you said, I mean, it's a, uh, 
everything's in flux, right? You got to kind of take it as it comes, which is definitely an important, I would imagine, an important aspect or attribute to a police officer of any sort. But again, we're speaking with the new Martinsburg Chief of Police, Aaron Gibbons. So uh, have you hit the ground running? I mean, how's it feel? You get get into the office, into the big chair now? Oh, are I mean, you in the big chair? Like you have I that have office? not even moved. I put a bottle of cologne over in that there office that I, got to, <laughs> that I got the other day as a gift. That's the only thing I've put in that office. But that's marking your, <laughs> that's too, your place marker that's, right now? That's marking my territory. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, but um, wait, I mean, everybody's been extremely uh, wonderful throughout this process. The city's very supportive. The department's very supportive. Um, have a lot of meetings set up with, with uh, staff um, just so we can go over, you know, have to have very clear expectations when it comes to the department when uh, running a department. Um, it's a busy city. Lots of events downtown. One of them coming up this is a huge uh week for law enforcement with july 4th um so what is your department doing to get ready for that um we and that's why i wanted to touch on that now thank goodness we got a little bit of rain yesterday because if we didn't have that rain that might change things a little bit but we do have fourth of july coming up um the city will be posting a little bit more about how we're going to be um fundamentally um because that's always a challenging where the fireworks are right. going oh, yeah. where, the, where people are allowed to sit and stand. Um, another thing that's coming up is National Night Out. That's usually the first Tuesday of mm-hmm. August. Of course, mm-hmm. we could probably talk about that next time. Sure. So we're setting that up as well. Um, downtown, on the square, every Friday now. Last week was the uh, was the kickoff for the concert series. Yeah, it was a great downtown. crowd down there, too. It was. I, I was. And that was the first day of being chief. So I, I, I was so excited because I, I said, just give me a microphone. I just want to talk to somebody. I don't care who it is. I was just so excited. But no, that that's so every Friday. Um, they used to call it Fridays at five. Mm-hmm. But I think they mm-hmm. just call it a concert series now. And uh, yeah, everybody come out to those things. They're they're excellent. Good, good time to come out and meet everybody and um, really mix and listen to some good music. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, we're speaking with Martinsburg Chief of Police, Aaron Gibbons. Oh, I wanted to ask you one more question. Do you keep, did you keep the hat, the big hat? Is that a part of the chief uniform, or are you not you a have hat to order guy? That? I mean, listen, do you have to listen, wear it? Do you I, not have to wear it? Listen, I, I'm the chief. I'll wear my hat ah, when I want to. Now, okay. listen. That, there you that, go. You're now, not the boss the of him. Hat, yeah. The hat is very professional. It, yeah. it really is, and there are there are a lot of cases that warrant that right. hat. But right. There's, there's a certain aspect of humanity when to policing and having that humanity behind the face of the department i think is very important and being human instead of a robot right as much as we love the former chief george swartwood say you're the boss now you can do what you want that's right absolutely but again we're speaking with new martinsburg chief of police Aaron Gibbons, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your busy, I'm sure, crazy schedule right now. We got him locked in, though. He's going to be on with us. Absolutely. So So we'll talk to you again and we're excited to see uh what your tenure as chief of police has in store. Wonderful. I appreciate you guys very much. Absolutely. Thanks again. If you missed any of this conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We'll be right back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it before the break, we had new Martinsburg Chief of Police Aaron Gibbons on to talk about, well, the transition from Chief Swartwood now into his uh, reign as Chief of Police. And uh, it seems like a very exciting future mm-hmm. with Chief Gibbons, Marsha. Glad I got him locked in for every month and joining us because this is a jam-packed show. Um, from the area director for the Eastern Panhandle Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Matt Miller, his guest, Tom Willis from the Men's Group uh, Executive Committee at IBC, and joining us via phone, former NFL defensive tackle uh, and uh, Green Bay Packers standout, uh, current U.S. Army chaplain who's also a speaker for the Building Tomorrow's Leaders uh, program, Darius Holland. Welcome in. Hey, good morning, everybody, all at once. <laughs> good morning. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So, uh, Darius, since we got you on the phone and you took a, a little bit of time to chat with us this morning, uh, we'll start with you. So, of course, you had a, a long tenure in the NFL with the Packers, the Chiefs, the Lions, the Browns, the Vikings. Of course, you won that Super Bowl. Um, and we could probably talk about your uh, NFL career for I mean, the whole show if we wanted to. But it's interesting how once your career was over, what you transitioned into. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, the transition from being the big, rough and tough NFL football player now into, well, as it says on your uh, Wikipedia page, Colorado Army National Guard chaplain. Oh, man. You know, it's funny. You you think at one point in your life you go, okay, I'm going to retire and I'm going to just enjoy what I've done. And then the Lord is like, um, uh, no, I think you have more to do. And honestly, I did not expect uh, this life journey. Neither did my wife. Um, but at some point, you start to see that people are in need. And you have a unique capability to speak to uh, what you have to do. Um, and as a, as a football player, you have to do certain things that require you to be physical and, and, and be intentional about that physicality but you're still trying to hold on to your moral compass. And so I had this, I had this gift uh, to speak into that. And, and I just landed in a place where the Lord was like, this is where I want you uh, to minister. So that's kind of how it came about. So when you're ministering to this particular group of young men, I, I understand um, special ops, special forces. Uh, these are, these are soldiers, soldiers, uh, but they still need some guidance, right? Absolutely. I mean, you got to think, these are individuals who are were asked to do the most difficult task and trying to do that task at an optimal physical and mental capability. And so my job is really to try to help them uh, determine how do they continue to have a right faith context, a right ethic, a right moral compass in a very um, volatile space where they don't have the, the privilege of having the security of being in our, you know, uh, borders. You know, they're probably in some austere environment. And so my job is to really help them navigate those waters and still stay focused on what is right and good and true. And so it's a, it's a pretty, pretty big deal for them. Yeah, we're speaking with Darius Holland, uh, talking about his Building Tomorrow's Leaders talk that he's going to be having uh, here in a few days up in the Eastern Panhandle. And unfortunately, we do have a, a, just a shorter amount of time than normal today, uh, so uh, we'll be letting you go here in a bit. But talk to us about this Building Tomorrow's Leaders. What's the talk all about? Without, of course, giving the whole talk away here on the air. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the short synopsis is this. Um, I think each of us have a mission that God's called us to. 
And you want to know, can I be a part of something great? And how do I find myself working towards that? So it's called liminality. It's working between the already and the not yet and trying to figure out how do I move forward, even though I don't quite see myself there yet? How do I get to that space? Uh, to where I'm, I'm doing the best I can where I'm at, knowing that something greater could be happening in the future. And so my hope is to talk to men about how to walk that out, knowing that this, this intangible space of not knowing exists, but I have to move forward to accomplish a task that's coming ahead. So that's, that's my hope in, in encouraging the folks uh, in the near future. Wow. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a very impactful and eye-opening talk uh, and speech from you, Darius. So I appreciate you taking a little time to chat with us again. We're talking with Darius Holland uh, about his talk coming up, Building Tomorrow's Leaders. So thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Wow. So uh, we'll bring the rest of the crew into the conversation now. That sounds like it's going to be a pretty riveting night of uh, conversation. Yeah, I am absolutely looking forward to it. Um, I've had a chance to hear a, a lengthy podcast uh, through uh, it's called Sports Spectrum, and uh, and and hear Darius talk about his NFL days, his transition into the military, and what God has done in a miraculous way in his life. And I am really looking forward to having him here in the Panhandle. Well, and uh, Matt, specifically you, you've been around the sports scene in this area for a long time now. So how important is it to have you know a guy like Darius come into this area You know, with the experiences he's had on and off the field, and especially now uh, getting into you know chaplain and things like that? How mm-hmm. important is that for kids in this area to see – someone and hear someone talk about those things yeah I think it's very important Uh, we've been reaching out to our coaches in the area on the high school level uh, the Shepherd University level as well um, you know to be able to say hey uh, every team needs good leaders and one way to develop those leaders is a conference like this where you can hear from someone who has reached the pinnacle of his sport and and found at the very top that it wasn't satisfying, that it, it wasn't enough, that there was still that hole, and then finding that it was Jesus Christ that would fill that hole. And then, as he mentioned, you know, all right, maybe I retire from the NFL. No, now the Lord says, I've got more things for you to do. And so, you know, that you look at the group of, of men that he is leading now and think of what he did in the National Football League, and to bring those experiences here, I think has got to help. The event is Building Tomorrow's Leaders, uh, Saturday, June 24th, 5 to 9 p.m. with Darius Holland, and it's happening at Independent Bible Church, Hedgesville Road. And uh, joining us uh, also this morning, Tom Willis, who's with the Men's Group Executive Committee. So uh, welcome in, first of all. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So uh, how important is it for your church and your men's group to uh, sponsor an event like this, to host it? Well, we're, we're really excited to have Darius. I, I mean, you can tell from just from his, his uh, few words now that he has an incredible life experience. And so he's going to be a great encouragement to our men. And really, this event is not just for Independent Bible Church. It's for all the men uh, in the Eastern Panhandle um, and, and beyond. We're, we're going to encourage them through Darius's testimony uh, and his words. And then we're, we're also looking to build a community. So beyond uh, this evening, it's not just a one-night event. We view it really as the start of something where men can come together in community. Because let's face it, it's hard to be a man in today's society. We've had pressures against <laughs> manhood, I think for decades, really. And I remember as a kid growing up, I was confused sometimes about what is a what, what does it mean to be a man? When am I actually a man? What At what point am I no longer a boy? Am I now a man? Is it 30? 
<laughs> you don't got to say that, Marsha. Come on. We still have your banners up. I know. Yeah, go figure. So we're, we're going to invite men into it. We're going to encourage them through Darius and, and his testimony, and then we're going to invite men into a community. And we're, we're going to come together. We're going to support each other, uh, and we're going to get out in the community and actually do things, uh, which is what men enjoy doing. Right. I know. I think it's uh, important because there's not too many places where it seems that you know men in general can go and just talk about things. You know, it seems like a lot of times outside pressures make you feel like you just got to bottle it up, don't talk about it. You know, keep power on, through. Power through. Go on with your day. You know, you got important things to do, but to have a safe space, if you will, to go and do that seems like a, a very important thing. Yeah, I, I think that. I mean, Hollywood and our culture seems to give us three models for manhood, which are false models, in my opinion. So you have the the Batman, um, you know, billionaire, superhero, Tony Stark, Iron Man type model, mm-hmm. playboy. You have the, um, the the weak, effeminate, yes man that's not a threat to anybody. Um, and then you have sort of the lone uh, Rambo tough right. guy, you know, real men don't cry. Right. The, and so... That's served to us on a platter, you know, through movies and media. And so we think, okay, well, I got to pick one of these. But that's not the biblical model for manhood. You know, um, being vulnerable with another man is a good thing, right? We're designed for relationship. Uh, it's okay to be vulnerable and, and to share. But but also, we're called to be strong mm-hmm. and courageous, right? So these things, I, I don't think, get enough attention. And, and uh, we're looking forward to, to talking about these uh, on June 24th. Cost is $10. Dinner is provided. How can folks find out more? Well, I I think the easiest thing um, is just run a search on the internet for independent Bible search and then look under events. Um, I'll just say independent Bible church, search it. It's easier than remembering the website. Look under events and you can buy a ticket online. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what about the FCA, Matt? I mean, it's summertime, so I'm sure you got camps. Are you still huddling? We we just did a camp last week, a power camp, had 88 kids, about 40 volunteers, and uh, just had a great week. And we're now preparing this week for next week, the 20th through the 23rd. We're doing our first outdoors camp at the Back Creek Valley Bow and Gun Club. So really looking forward to that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all taking a little time to come in and chat with us this morning. And of course, we also were speaking uh, with former NFL uh, defensive tackle, Super Bowl champion, and now current U.S. Army chaplain, Darius Holland, who will be chatting and talking about building tomorrow's leaders on Saturday, June 24th from 5 to 9 p.m. It costs 10 bucks and it'll be at Independent Bible Church in Hedgesville or in Martinsburg on Hedgesville Road here in Martinsburg. So uh, thank you all for stopping in chat. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. Thanks Looking for having forward us. To it. Thank you. Absolutely. And stick around. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kerchival Building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, our guests, keep on coming in this morning. That's right. Well, thanks to Skip from Hope Community Church for reaching out and, and getting these next guests in for us. Jessica Close and Karen Roach are with Hope Community Church. Uh, their outreach program, Save One. Welcome in, ladies. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Absolutely. So uh, Skip sent me some information. Save One is an abortion recovery ministry. It ministers not only to women, but men and families who have experienced or been affected by an abortion. Uh, the website saveone.org. So uh, what uh, prompted you to bring it local to Hope Community Church? 
say anybody who wants to go. Yeah. Well, we felt uh, we had this wonderful couple who are the founders of Save One, Jack and Sheila Harper, and they come to our church and they bring this Save One to all of us. It um, it helps men, women, and families recover after abortion because rather i know this sounds like a very uh, large amount but in america statistics show that 40 percent of all women from the ages of 15 to 44 have had at least one abortion hmm. and we we want to reach out to these people these women to help them recover recover from abortion because not only um, do they live with that, mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to, to get forgiveness from God. Right. But it's very difficult to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And we reach out. Yeah, it seems like it can be a pretty, um, you know, lonely experience to go through. To, so to have somewhat of a support system around you has to make the whole process, as tough as it is, a, a little bit easier. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Save One uses biblically-based studies to help these um, women, men, and families walk through um, the study and um, gain freedom and forgiveness um, in a non-judgmental, non-political right. way. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything is so very confidential. Absolutely. Confidential. Uh, we meet, and it's it's just us. It's yeah. just the leaders and and the men and women and families that come in, um, you know, and and we always we say um, we 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 don't do the healing, mm. God does. Absolutely, God heals, mm-hmm. not us. Anecdotally, and I'm not asking you to tell anyone's personal story, but anecdotally, um, what kinds of trauma can a family experience or an individual experience? who either has um, experienced an abortion herself or um, a partner who has lost a child through abortion? Just a huge amount of shame and guilt and anything that could bring a recall to, to that past in their, in their life if they, haven't, um, if they haven't went through this healing process. You know, they're just continually living with this this trauma that affects them every day. Are you finding folks who sign up for this kind of counseling in this ministry um, are hungry for that? They, they were kind of waiting for an opportunity to talk it out or get some tools. What I found is, um, you know, it's something that you live with every day, truly. And when you have someone in front of you on a Sunday morning in your church and they're, giving you this opportunity to reach out for help and recovery, it, uh, it stirs in everyone's mind mm-hmm. and it brings you to the forefront and it, it's like, okay, there are other I'm people not out there. Right. I am right. not alone mm-hmm. and we need help. Absolutely. Do you think some women in particular are, um, surprised that it, that that's being offered in church because I think some women who've been through this experience feel if they go to a church they're going to be they're going to face condemnation absolutely but isn't that what the church is there to do you know the big c church is there to um 
offer loving, open arms to anyone, no matter what they've done in their past. God knows all. Um, we just want to be that vehicle, that bridge mm-hmm. to offer that um, kindness and forgiveness to them. I mean, it's one in three, one right. in three people. So that's a lot. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. And our pastor is very supportive. He's the one that brings Jack and Sheila here mm-hmm. every year. Right. And um, and what better way to recover but from God's word? Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Again, we're speaking with Jessica Close and Karen Roach from the Hope Community Church's Outreach Program, Save One. And um, once again, we have a crazy jam-packed show today. So unfortunately, here in just a few minutes, we'll have to get in, uh, to our final break of the hour. But how long has Save One been uh, been happening? How long has this uh, you know group, organization, if you will, uh, been going on for? Jack and Sheila started it in 1992. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. And they are in over, there's 400 chapters worldwide. Hmm. Wow. So that community is just that community web is just that big. Sure. Yeah. And folks have access to it here in the panhandle. Absolutely. So do they have to be members of Hope Community Church? Absolutely not. You do not have to be. Um, This isn't just for church people. This is for everyone. Everyone in three. Everyone in three in the pews and everyone in three in the grocery store. Hmm. It's it's the same. So no, our arms are open to anybody and everybody. Really? Yeah, that's why we're here. We want to open this up to Mm -hmm. the community, to anyone who who is in this situation and and would like to come experience Mm -hmm. this amazing program. It's 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 healing and it's a 12 week, a very intense but a very wonderful program. How can folks find out more? They can go to www.saveone.org, and that's S-A-V-E-O-N-E. Or they can also email me personally, which will stay confidential. That's at saveonehc at gmail.com. Well, well, ladies, thank you all for coming in and chatting about this. This sounds like, <clears throat> excuse me, a very important outreach program for our, I mean, like you said, one in three. That's a lot of people. So uh, it's, it's nice, I'm sure, to have that outlet uh, a welcoming outlet to uh, go and share and learn from experiences, I guess. So thank you all for coming in and chatting about that. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Absolutely. And stick around. We will come back to wrap things up after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And Marsha, our final guest, is joining us in studio. That's right. Uh, Miss Jefferson County's teen, Allison Dodson, joins us. Welcome in. Hi, thank you for having me. You're doing really well with the headphone and the crown. <laughs> I have to say that. She she figured it out really It looks like it could be a stroke. I'm sure you probably got what, 30 bobby pins up in that thing? Honestly, there's only 10. Okay. <laughs> only 10. <laughs> only 10. <laughs> Have you ever used a bobby pin in your life? Hey, I got an older sister. I know all about the bobby pins and scrunchies and things like that. I know what's going on. All right. I don't know how painful I'm sure it probably is at times. Honestly, you get used to it. <laughs> well, you know, Jordan is our uh, our uh, correspondent for Miss West Virginia, so he'll he'll be out there at the yeah. Airborne Event Center yeah. later this month, which is probably coming up really soon if you're you, right? Absolutely. It has been crazy. I was crowned Miss Jefferson County's teen at the end of January, 
and I thought I had all of this time and I just got so busy that it's just come immediately. It's it's crazy. Well, what have you been busy with? What have you been up to? Absolutely. So mainly just prep. Honestly, I am very happy that I can trust my preparation going into this pageant and working with my CSI, my community service initiative. It's Allison's Helping Hands HOPE, which stands for Help Our Planet Earth. So while I'm teaching kids to be themselves, be confident, getting that reading literacy back, I'm also teaching them to love their planet, to clean their planet, and to help Mm. keep our state beautiful in the way that it is. So what kinds of activities do you have them involved in? Yes. So the biggest thing is I make sure that I get them all around and I want them talking. The younger generation, they don't talk. They don't speak with each other as much as I want them to. So we start a conversation. We read a book together. It's whatever they choose. I let them choose between a couple of books that I have. And then I want them involved. I get them outside. The last time I went to an elementary school, we walked outside. We went to the playground. We talked about different things outside. And then we asked, I asked them ways that they could be a friend. They could help somebody else and what they would do to be kind. And it was amazing. It honestly made me more humble, and I'm the one helping them. So it's just it's amazing to see the smiles on their faces, and it's very rewarding. So have you always had a uh, a passion, if you will, for you know the environment, recycling, things like that? But also, you know, getting out and talking and chatting with people has that always just kind of been a part of you? Well, a fun fact is about ten years ago, I never would be doing what I'm doing right now. I have worked up from the very bottom to get where I am, but I've always had a passion for helping people. And I knew that in order to do that, I needed to put myself out there. I needed to gain that confidence. And pageantry and speaking, it just blossomed me. It helped me get to where I am, and I'm so thankful for it. Well, you sure keep yourself busy. You are a rising uh, senior at Washington High School, but also dual enrolled with Shepard, right? Yes, ma'am. It is, it's a lot. But when I graduate high school at Washington, I will graduate with at least 38 college credits. So I I am very busy, um, but I plan to major in biochemistry and study pharmacology. So I have some years in college. So if I can just get uh, some hours and some credits out of the way in general studies, then I'm doing something good. (laughs) One of the things that seems pretty interesting to me is the relationship between, you know, the Miss West Virginia and the Miss Outstanding Teen or the Miss Berkeley County and the Miss Berkeley County Teen. Now, we had Sabrina on, what, last week? week and a half ago, I believe, um, to Miss Jefferson County to talk about her prep coming up into the, you know, big Miss West Virginia pageant. So how has that connection between the two of you been? Oh, it's amazing. I, as soon as we were both crowned, we talked nonstop. And although I know you've heard she's Mm -hmm. very busy with being in New York and traveling Mm -hmm. back and forth, but there truly wasn't days that went by that her and I didn't talk. And even when she got back, we ate lunch. We are just, we are the duo that I don't think anybody knew. We have just kind of bonded and we have been truly a sisterhood. It's been amazing. She is like my big sister and it's, that's what it's all about. And it's been amazing. And I love her. So as as a teen crown holder and, um, you know, looking forward to the Miss West Virginia organization pageant, um, I know it's it's a scholarship pageant. What does the Miss Teen uh, win? Is, is that scholarship money as well? Yes, it is scholarship money. And although we don't have necessarily scholarship towards certain colleges but it's open if you want it and then you can keep it bank it and then there's open-ended scholarships that you can get for various things Um, there's different awards different grades that you have in your schooling right now uh, real awards things on social media Mm -hmm. just 
so many different ways that you can get that scholarship money and bank it and keep banking it because that's super important. And outside of the organization, I'm in a numerous amount of different societies. So I have the Society of High School Scholars and the Congress of Future Medical Leaders as well. So those scholarships and all of that, it's just, it's prepared me to want to bank all of this money and to get as much scholarship money as I can. Because you're going to be in school for a while. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're speaking with Miss Jefferson County's teen, Allison Dodson. So, of course, you said you were crowned at, at the beginning of the year. So, in this short time, if you can think back through all the stuff that you've done in this short amount of time, what do you think has been one of, if not the, your most favorite experience with the crown? Yes. So my biggest experience right now, and I know it's the most recent, one of the most recent ones, but it truly was very heartwarming, was I attended the Ranson Festival and Car Show. And I I always love getting out in my community, not only because I can talk and just keep talking to people because <laughs> I love to talk, but just giving them a name behind the crown and knowing who I am. And it's more than just an appearance and a picture to me. It's about meeting people, meeting new friends and getting really getting out there and letting them know, letting them tell me about them, not just me talking about myself. It's a connection thing. And that's what's super important to me. And at Ranson, that's exactly what it was. Everybody was so welcoming. They were so humble. And I was there all day. Wow. I was really committed to it. And it was it was amazing. It was very, very humbling. Absolutely. So our guest this morning, Miss Jefferson County's teen, Allison Dodson, um, are you, I, I think I heard check-in is next monday yes are you ready i'm so ready <laughs> i i'm so excited to get it going and to get it on the road and on the roll it's just it's crazy that it's already here but now i feel like that we're this close it can't get here quick enough i right. want it to already come and to already be here and just to be able to just get so close to that journey and that, and spend time with my other sisters and it's just been amazing so uh, do you have a talent in the in I the competition do. so I what do. is that so my talent is an original written monologue, and it Man, is called... it's all kinds of monologues yes, this year. Yes, yeah. it is called The Storybook of Life, and it is very important to me. I never knew that I was quite the writer, and so I've always loved writing, but writing motivationally was something that I, I never knew. So when I started writing and just having that motivational side and tying in my CSI with it. Not many people know about that, but it also is parallel with my community service initiative. So you can kind of understand mm -hmm. a little bit about mm -hmm. it. But a sneak peek to my CSI is that we all start with a blank page and a pen. So I'm very excited that. for everybody to hear that. It's so impressive. I can't, I can't imagine um, going up on a stage like that in front of all those people. I mean, of course, the lights are pretty bright. So you're not going to see many of us out there in the crowd. But and speaking for how long is your time? How long you got timed out for? It's a minute and a half. That's what we have to have. It's our limit. Yeah. And which is kind of helpful, but I could keep going and keep exactly. going. I think the struggle isn't getting to a minute and a half. My struggle is keeping it a minute and a half. So <laughs> that's what my mainly thing that I've had to prep for is just having to learn to make sure that I keep it in that time limit. Absolutely. So what got you into pageants? I mean, have you always kind of, has it been in the family? I mean, was your mom in the pageant <laughs> system? I mean, how's it been? My mom did pageants when she was younger. My sister did them when she was younger, but it was not necessarily a huge family thing. I think it was more of a surprise to my mom when I started them. Um, I was never the onstage type of kid, but I was very outgoing and could talk to everybody. But if I got in the eyes of the public, I was not outgoing and I was very introverted. So... I think the biggest thing is I started playing sports. I play volleyball and softball as well. So year round, and when I started them, that kind of started gaining my confidence and I was out in the eye. So I was almost on a stage. Right. Um, but when I started 
it was a confidence thing. And that's the biggest one of the reasons that I wanted to help instill in other kids as well, because I never had that, hey, just be yourself. Let's read a book about all these things that you can be. And that's why I started pageantry. But since I started it, it has been a world of so many other things. I've met multiple people. I've gotten public ooh, public speaking skills. I know I was talking about that, but I can't even say it. Um, but just that confidence, getting out into the community, showing how much I can help my community, um, getting that platform to be able to help the community and get people's assistance. So it's been it's been a journey. Well, I'll ask you this one final question because we have so many of uh, the ladies involved in Miss West Virginia, Miss West Virginia Outstanding Teen, and a lot of people listening. So if there's somebody out there, maybe there's a young girl in the car with her mom right now, you know, listening and (laughs) thinks, hey, you know, this would be pretty cool, I think, to uh, get involved in this. Would you recommend getting involved in not just the Miss West Virginia organization, but in the whole system? Absolutely. And I was talking with a person a couple days ago as well about this. And I think the pageant world is very misunderstood. I think that it is seen as we put on some pretty dresses and we walk across the stage, but you don't see how much preparation and how many things go on behind the scenes. And it is truly rewarding. It has morphed me to be the person that I am today and have the head on my shoulders that I have, as well as my parents. They've they've helped that as well. <laughs> Good but, job. Good job. But my pageantry and all of that, it has given me it has given me a voice. And I, I always talk about that. I wear my crown on my heart, not just on my head, because mm-hmm. it's more than an accessory. And it is it is truly a microphone to have. And crown on, crown off, I know that I am myself no matter what, and that I believe the same things with it on and with it off, um, no matter where I am. And so I truly, I definitely suggest it. It is amazing and Yes, we get to put on some sparkly things and wear a sparkly <laughs> crown, but it is so much more than that. It is it is a sisterhood and it is a voice to have. And, and it gives you, like, I, like we were talking about before, the scholarship opportunities mm-hmm. from it. You get so much of that and you get your public speaking and you get to help your community. And that's what we need right now. Part of my initiative, I say, Allison's Helping Hands, is I have two hands. I can only do so much with my two hands, but my hands can hold somebody else's hands and theirs can hold somebody else's. And we can come together as a community. And I think of pageantry as a community as well. Very well said. But we're speaking with Miss Jefferson County's teen, Allison Dodson. Before we let you go, because uh, we got to get off the air anyways, uh, let people know where they can go, your socials, all that stuff to find out yes, more about you. Yes, So my Facebook is just Allison Dodson. It's pretty easy. My Instagram is a little bit difficult. It is an <laughs> underscore dot Dodson dot Allison. And then it's the dot underscore. <laughs> it's very long, um, but I had to... Who knew that there were so many Allisons yeah, on Instagram? Right? Go <laughs> so you had to get creative. But only um, one of them is Jefferson County's uh, team. Absolutely. Right. So, yes, it is. my Instagram is on my Facebook if you can't find it. So absolutely. there's that for you. Well, Allison, thank you for taking a little time to chat with us this morning. Good luck in the contest coming up. Thank you. Or you get, hopefully you can get some sleep on Sunday with Monday <laughs> being the check-in. But if you missed any of our conversation today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. For Marsha, I'm Jordan. Hoppy is next. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.